Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Daniel Garb here with you, filling in for Jimmy Smith on SEN Afternoons. I'll be with you all week and delighted to be in the chair. Time to talk some tennis now. Courtney Walsh from foxsports.com.au, tennis writer for them, has been good enough to join us. So as we said on the show a, a fair bit today, we woke up to the devastating news that Sam Kerr was almost certainly out of the Olympics with that torn ACL at the training camp with Chelsea. And we went to bed last night, most of us anyway, unless you went to sleep early, to the news that Rafael Nadal was out of the Australian Open with the recurrence of uh, that hip injury. Corny, hello to you, mate. Uh, not ideal news as we build up to Melbourne Park. Yeah, good afternoon, Daniel. Uh, two legends uh, dealt uh, significant... Well, certainly one's a very significant injury, the other one timely enough to uh, to force uh, the Spaniard out of the Australian Open, which he won for the second time a couple of years ago. Not ideal given he's on the comeback trail, but... Let's hope that this is uh, simply, a, a, I suppose, a precaution and uh, we see him fit and firing for the clay court season where we know he does so well. From the outside, Courtney, looking at the fact that he missed all of 2023, it looks as if the end is nigh. And I guess most people are asking, why don't you retire? Why would you want to go through rehabilitation again at 37 years of age with the undoubted wear and tear on your body from the manner in which you've played your tennis so expertly for so long it's not the ideal way to go out but surely it's the time to call it quits that's what a lot of sports fans are, are pondering right now and I'd always counter that uh, you're a long time retired and I feel like Roger Federer sort of put it best a few years ago when he said the reason I keep on going is that I love playing the sport Nadal loves playing the sport Murray loves playing the sport they love the different elements that go about it no doubt the, uh, the body is an issue, and, and we shouldn't forget, it's not just the, the style, the wear and tear on his body. He, was, uh, he has been dealing with a congenital foot problem, basically uh, you know, a, a defect in the body since he was 19, which has potentially contributed to some of these, uh, these issues that he's having later in his life. Uh, why not have another roll of the dice? That's why I would look at it. If he's, mm. he played well enough in those first two, uh, first two uh, matches in Brisbane, and certainly even against Jordan Thompson before that, issue flared to suggest that he's more than capable of being very much a contender on clay. We know he's going for a 15th Roland Garros title. Now the 14 is unparalleled, but 15 has a nice ring to it. And there's another factor at play. The Olympics in Paris will be on clay at Roland Garros later this year. I would be thinking that that's absolutely in his thinking. And yeah, why ride off a champion too early would be my counter to those that suggest why go on. Can you still see him knocking off, though, in a big final bid in a Grand Slam or at the Olympics, a Djokovic or an Alcaraz or even a Yannick Sinner? Do you still think he has it in him if he gets back to full fitness? 
absolutely, uh, particularly on clay. Mm. I, I, I think we, we shouldn't underestimate just how strong he is on clay. He is a phenomenal clay court beast. Now, it's only two years ago that he won the Australian Open. Yes, Djokovic was uh, unable to play because of uh, you know, being detained and, uh, and the vaccination stance and, and the subsequent deportation from Australia. But he did beat everyone else, including Daniel Medvedev, a, you know, a supreme hardcore player in that Australian Open final. And then he goes to Paris and he wins that French Open. Djokovic won the French Open this year. Who was missing? Nadal. Uh, he, he, when fit, is absolutely strong enough to compete with these guys. He's such a formidable beast on clay. And we looked at Thompson you know, knocking him off in three sets uh, in Brisbane a couple of nights ago. Mm. Two years ago in Paris, I saw him absolutely destroy Jordan Thompson, who played a very, very good match, but was able to get five or so games from him. Yep, if he's fit enough, no doubt he's good enough. And we saw Federer winning Grand Slams at 37. Djokovic is still capable of winning Grand Slams at 37. If Nadal gets himself right on clay, it'd be a brave man to bet against him. Be a remarkable sporting story if he's able to pull it off from this position. Courtney Walsh from foxsports.com.au tennis writer is with us. I guess the Nadal news has overshadowed a lot of the uh, talk around Alex Diminor in the last uh, 12 hours or so. What a brilliant United Cup campaign by him, knocking off Novak Djokovic and then Alex Verev. I, I feel, Courtney, as if it was almost the best result for him personally that Australia didn't make the final, although he would have loved to have been there. would have been a very difficult match against Hubert Hercatch, but he gets to rest a little bit now ahead of uh, the Australian Open um, physically and mentally. How well placed is he now for you to make a run beyond the fourth round where he's finished in the last two years? Oh, look, I think he's probably the best placed in that regard in terms of he's getting better and better. And I think... uh, it's shown in results. We shouldn't forget that last year, look, he won, a, he won a title in Mexico, but he also made big finals, particularly in Canada, the, the Canadian Open, which is one of the big tournaments outside the, the four Grand Slams. He was a finalist at Queen's. He took Australia all the way to the Davis Cup finals uh, in November. He was on the verge of qualifying for the ATP Tour finals in November as well. So I, I don't doubt that he's, he's absolutely best positioned. Now, it doesn't mean that it'll happen this time. You would hope that he is, but I, but I absolutely envisage a window in the next sort of three or so years where at some stage, if he's you know absolutely firing and, uh, and the draws align, I can absolutely see him in the semi-final in the final. And, and he, it, because he's getting better and better and he, and he puts himself in the right position, uh, there's a couple who have been too good for him uh, you know, Yannick Sinner in particular, you know, was was far too good for him in the US. Uh, sorry, in the, in the Canadian Open final and also in the Davis Cup final. Uh, and he's clearly a leading contender in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, Alcaraz got him in the Queens final. Uh, they play an exhibition in Melbourne on Wednesday night. Uh, so there's a couple there, and Djokovic clearly, you know, we, we you wonder whether he was conserving a little bit of energy given perhaps a wrist niggle. He too had a late finish to the season with playing longer than usual in the Davis Cup. So, you know, there's some, there's some clearly, you know, probably three guys around with stronger credentials, but I would absolutely have him in the bracket of those who were chasing those three. And, and I think he's getting better and better. And I, no reason to think he won't be pushing into the second week and hopefully deep into the second week with the way he's playing. There are some who feel he doesn't have the game to beat a Djokovic in a Grand Slam or, or an Alcaraz or a Sinner. That, that's his ceiling, sort of quarterfinal mark. What aspect of his game do you think he can elevate in order to beat one of those really big fish when the stakes are as high as they can be? 
We look at Zarev, who uh, who played superbly after after falling to, to Alex in the in the semi final of that uh, United Cup uh, a couple of nights ago. Zarev came out and then beat Fergacz last night to lead Germany to the to the title, which was a phenomenal performance given how grueling that battle with Imanol was a night earlier. Mm. Zarev touched on the improvement in his second serve. Okay. He sort of said it's coming through ten to fifteen kilometres quicker than what it used to. Uh, no surprise because he's getting stronger. Now, Zarev had beaten Alex in six of the seven previous items. Mm. The forehand looked to me to be uh, on song against Zarev as well, and that's an area that the German definitely targeted. It's an area others have targeted. Uh, Craig O'Shaughnessy, the, the tennis analyst who I know well, sort of had identified that as potentially a slight weakness. But look, they're, they're negligible things. If he, mm. if he improves in those couple of areas, now he's never going to have the serve that's going to serve a player off the court. But what, what, the other factor is we look at what he does have, and that's an exceptional return. The back end is brilliant. He moves better than any other player on the tour, I would argue. Wow. I mean, there's some very, very good ones with Djokovic and clearly Alcaraz who move exceptionally well, but Dimonor is so fast around the court. Mm. So there is a lot that he has got. You know, it's uh, sometimes we look at what players haven't got. Yep. For him, it's the massive booming serve and perhaps the killer forehand. But I think he's improving in those two wins, you know, those two facets of his game, and he has a lot to like elsewhere. Fantastic insight. Courtney Walsh from foxsports.com.au talking tennis with us. Thanks so much for that. Absolute pleasure, Daniel. Enjoy it, Courtney. Um, that is. Uh... Yeah, really interesting on Alex Diminor's game and where the improvement has come from. Hopefully he can make it deep into the second week of the Australian Open. Plenty more coming up next hour. Stay with us on SEN 1170 and SEN 693.